0: Hello babes and welcome to Coffee Tequila, the morning show on Mondays or Tuesdays and the late show on Fridays or Saturdays. My name is Zach. My name is Alistair. And this episode of Coffee and Tequila is kindly being sponsored by Helix Sleep as always and we'll let you know a little bit more about them a little bit later. Um, yeah, welcome to Coffee Tequila guys. We're married, we're husbands, we're lovers, we're betrothed. For those of y'all who don't know. Wait, so um, we're
1: married, we're lovers, we're husbands, but we don't sleep in the same bed anymore? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I am putting our marriage issues on the table
0: here. Wow, wow. Are you really that salty about it? Of course I'm Is salty about it. Is this how robotics. we're starting? Okay, let's go, let's go for it. Let's go into it. <laughs> We had a little bit of a conversation uh, this morning, and I didn't realize you were that salty about it. Yeah, tell people why you don't sleep with me anymore. <laughs> Should you tell people why I don't sleep with you anymore? Well, you claim...
1: Let me let me tell you. There's no evidence. <laughs> there's only hearsay. Oh, should we do? I've the never evidence? heard myself snoring at once. I've got the evidence. No, you don't got the evidence. I've you're got gonna, the evidence. I got the videos. The video proof. You're gonna have a video of some other person sleeping. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you
0: can even verify that. Okay. So it's it's you. He has started this year. This year he has started snoring so bad. I listen. I already have like insomnia, pretty bad sometimes. It's real hard for me to get to sleep sometimes, but. He has started snoring so bad that it makes it like 10 times worse. It is impossible to sleep once he starts snoring. And that's near every night. Well, you know what? We're lucky that we have two Helix mattresses
1: because of this. And let me tell you. We are, because I have another bed to go to. I I, I was kind of used to him at some points, you know, getting up during the night or staying up late to edit. And then like recently, it's been me waking up. He's not here. And I'm like, okay, let me go grab a glass of water. I go to grab a glass of water. (laughs) He's not editing. He's nowhere in the house. I check where his location is, and he's in the house. And then he ends up being in somewhat the
0: other bed in the other room and yeah like this is some foreign place like i'm in some foreign (laughs) apartment or something it's our guest bedroom our guest bed okay i move over to the guest bed it's hardly some big scandal yes uh,
1: uh, (laughs) you 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 are you're not betrothed to me because we're married um we are married zachary you promised sickness and health uh richer or poorer um Snorer
0: or not snorer? <laughs> well, then what about me? I need to be able to sleep, and I need to be able to get my sleep and and and, and re energize. And I cannot sleep next to you. He will start snore. I can I can already I can always tell when you're about to start snoring like real bad because your breathing will get like. <gasps> and then he'll start snoring. And he always turns his body over towards me to start snoring. I try to, like, put the pillow up over my ears. I try to do something. You already play, like, sounds. He's got to have the fan going. Um, And I have to play... I'm not... I need, like, something to play next to me. Like, a little... Little TV or something like that, but I have to turn it real down, real low. Because if I don't turn it down low, he's like, "I can't even sleep. I cannot even sleep." You are playing the the you are playing the documentary. You are playing the YouTube. You are playing the reality TV. No, so I have to have it turned exactly. down real I low, have, right next I to walked, my ear.
1: I walked that back because I said, "You can do it." My only thing is that you cannot be playing true crime <laughs> while we sleep. <laughs> you cannot be playing true crime while we sleep. And and let me tell you, I am surprised at this point um, that we haven't started, we haven't gotten like double beds and slept like Lucio ball. We talked about that
0: when we first got like, this is not a new thing. My desire to sleep in a separate bed has dated back desire? to the beginning. Yes, has gone back to the beginning of our marriage. I actually saw a TikTok about this yesterday, and I fully related to it. Um, and this this woman who's married, and she's like, you know what? I actually have a desire to sleep in a separate bed from my husband. And I brought that up to my husband, and he didn't like that idea. And I brought that up to you this morning, and I was like, what if we just had like, like our what if you know we have two bedrooms? What if they're just each our own bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> he got really mad about it. So, the real issue is you started really wanting
1: this stuff when you were watching Sister Wives. <laughs> <laughs> and now you just want to float no. from bed to bed no. willy nilly. No. How you feel free. <laughs>
0: It's not going to happen, Zachary. It's not going to happen. This is not true. This, this, uh, the desire to sleep in a separate bed has gone back to the beginning of our marriage. I, we, we had a conversation at the beginning of our marriage and we were like, well, remember how in the olden days, older, you know, the older folks and, you know, those couples would, would sleep in separate beds, and I was like, well, yeah, I actually, I find the appeal in that, you know? I like to have my own space, you know? Just because we're married, just because society says we should share a bed doesn't mean that has to be so. And I, You know what? I might even like to have a different bed, but we were, like, referencing it when we were old. We're like, when we get old, maybe we'll have separate beds. no. Um, you were okay with that, by no. the way. No,
1: uh, Yes, uh, you were. Maybe I was okay with it for the time, but I'm sorry. My grandparents had separate beds. Um, and like, I don't know.
0: I, it's oh, b- just beds your own space. And like, what, th- think about it. Think about it too. Like, right. Like if we had separate bedrooms, if we have separate beds and then like, ex- imagine how exciting that would make it, um, getting to share a bed together. It'd be like sleepovers. They'd be like, you know, we'd get to, uh, you know, here comes the sister wife things again. It would be like, <laughs> it would be like me trying to, you know, get you into my bed. Imagine how sexy that would be. Be like trying to get you into bed.
1: <laughs> it it it'd just be me following you to each bed that you just to. This is what he already does night.
0: anyway, though, right? <laughs> like any bed that I switch to because you're snoring too loud, the next night he ends up in that bed. So we end up falling asleep sleep together in that bed. You know what?
1: I'm sorry that I
0: love you. I wake up an hour later to this snoring. I cannot get back to sleep, and so I have to switch to the back to the other bed in the guest bedroom or to the you know our bedroom. And this is what we do. This is the constant cycle. And um. I, I'm sorry, I need to look out for me too, and I need to be able to sleep sometimes. And if you are snoring so loud that I cannot sleep, I feel like that is fair for me to go into another bed and sleep. Zachary, what
1: we need is we need evidence that this is happening. I've got the evidence, And you're check. not just sneaking away during the middle of the night. Uh check. Two, you don't have the evidence. Um, two, once you get the evidence, I will go to the doctor, get whatever I need to get removed, and then we'll go I've been forward. saying
0: this for a year, by the way.
1: Uh, and where's the evidence? There is no evidence. because he's, hasn't gone It doesn't enough. exist.
0: <laughs> you son of a bitch. This is so <laughs> stupid. This is so stupid. I don't know. I, nobody's going to agree with me. Yeah. I, I see comments all the time about people who say, oh, well, if you get married, why even get married if you, do, if you don't want to share a bed together? I don't know. You know, I, I just feel like I am already not a traditional marriage by society's standards. And so. Why do I have to live by those rules? I don't. And if, you know, Zachary, you can have your separate bed when
1: uh, we also live in a tiny house. And it can be giving me two mattresses lose right lose next here. to each other like this. Whatever. <laughs> and you can have your separate bed. As
0: it stands now, we fall asleep in the same bed and we wake up in separate beds.
1: Um, well, you know what? I, I love you very much, Zachary. And, Len, and I hope that you find it in your heart to make yourself. You're way back to the
0: I love bed. sleeping with you I do I love sharing the bed with you I love um, interlocking legs I uh, love
1: I'm, I'm about to call you out here what oh my god you know what he
0: also does
1: and uh to kind of like get away from his mindset of it being a heteronormative this is the bed sleep episode is 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 that he'll? I'll, I'll fall asleep if I if I fall asleep and I wake up and he's not gone, I'll fall asleep and wake up and his feet are in my face. Uh, Do you know why I do that? No, 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 no. As if we're like uh, two uh, guys at a... Like a straight couple? No, no,
0: okay. This is why I do that. I love when he scratches my back. I love it, I love it, I love it. It's the best thing that can help me go to sleep, but he gets real annoyed sometimes that he has to do it. I do not. You You do. Sometimes I'll ask him and I can hear him when I ask going... (sighs) I mean I do do that sometimes.
1: And so it makes me but that uncomfortable mean to ask. That I don't you. want to do it. It makes me
0: not want to ask you though. It makes me not want to ask you. And so I know that he's got this like little foot fetish thing. I do not have a foot <laughs> fetish. And so I know if I, I if, I, if I put my head at the foot of the bed and my feet like closer to his face, he his fingers will mosey over to my feet and he'll start like stroking my feet. And that feels real good. It's the next closest thing to get my back scratched. You know what? And so Zachary, I can fall asleep. I feel like
1: we've bed. overshared already for the episode. <laughs> I, think we have. I think we've overshared think we've overshared um, hey, was that your fuckery
0: of the week is uh, that I, is that I, what you're gonna choose I, as your fuckery of the week no no no
1: uh <laughs> i'm ready for this episode to be over but my fuck my f of the week i think we is, have the same
0: fuckery of the week yes yeah. is
1: taylor swift ticket sales
0: absolutely this whole oh, taylor gosh. swift ticket master fiasco was hell this past week um
1: and you were dealing with it more than me because i i was at work i had to do stuff and i don't have good internet
0: like two network. days in a row like yeah. when people are or if you ever if you see anybody on social media or anywhere like complaining about taylor swift tickets say or trying to get taylor swift tickets and it just know all of that exaggeration that you might think is a hyperbole is not hyperbole it is it is what it sounds like it's and it was as stressful as what it sounded like so basically what they did right is like this this was already going to be a tour that she taylor swift is going on tour the Eros tour and she has uh released however many dates throughout the US. They haven't even released international dates yet, but um it was it was a hyped up tour. Like everybody wants to go to this tour, right? Everybody's been real excited about it. And she has not toured since the the reputation, reputation era. Yet. Yeah. And what so I'm there's saying. a couple of different albums already been released since then. So like it's four gonna albums. be albums. This is the tour to go to. If there's ever a tour that anybody wants to go to, it's a legacy tour from an artist that where they cover their whole heiress and this is called the Eras Tour. So everybody's already real excited about it. And so what Taylor Swift did was she partnered up with Ticketmaster, because Ticketmaster is pretty much the end-all be-all in the ticket industry, uh, the touring industry, and so she partnered with Ticketmaster, and Ticketmaster said, um, okay, so what we're going to do is is, um, verified fan, right, and so all you had to do is go in, you had to register, um, and they were going to pick a select group of people to... uh, get to go into the pre-sale one day. So there would be a pre-sale. The next day, there would be a Capital One sale. And then the day after that, there would be, or that Friday, there would be the general sale, right? And so...
1: And we were verified fans. We I think I had a boost.
0: Well, we both registered. We registered. You've bought from her website before, so you got a boost automatically. Yeah,
1: I I, I got a boost. And we're Capital One card holders, too. Yes,
0: And, and Troy had registered as well. And um, so none of us got accepted during the pre-sale register. So we none of us got to do the the verified. I got on the fit. Wait list. We got oh, everybody got on the waitlist, oh, <laughs> we weren't special. A, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know. If I meant <laughs> everybody, but every we were all registered and we just didn't get it. But we did have Capital One so we were gonna get to deal with the Capital One on sale. And I was like a little bit um had a little bit of anxiety about that. And I was like, Oh, well what if the tickets, you know, start going, but we were assured that Capital One had its own reserve of tickets for this pre-sale, and so, pre-sale day comes, everybody, like, floods this, the Ticketmaster website, you know, um, there's like 2,000 people in these queues, um, and the, the fuckery is just off the charts, The people are not able to get tickets, every time they go in to get tickets, the tickets get snapped up really quick, they click on another set of tickets, those tickets get snapped up really quick, and it just... It was it was wild. People were waiting in line for like six hours. They yes. were waiting in line online for like eight hours. How long know? did you wait
1: in, in line for?
0: Um so I had because it was going so crazy, um, Ticketmaster released a a statement that pretty much said and you know how I know Capital One wasn't fucking with this. They were like real annoyed by it. It's cause they didn't even release their own statement. They just retweeted Ticketmaster statement, because Ticketmaster was under a lot of fire for this. And Ticketmaster said, um, because the site was crashing everything, Ticketmaster said, okay. So the Capital One On sale was supposed to be today. We're not going to do that. We're going to move it to tomorrow, 2 p.m. So I was like, fuck, because I was waiting for the Capital One sale, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, shit. But then it gave me, like, load off a little bit. I was like, okay, well, I can wait till tomorrow and get in line early. I kind of know what to expect now. I'm seeing how the whole thing is going. Next day comes. I get in line real early. I have three screens pulled up because I have my account, your account, and then I made another account, right? And uh, initially, the Capital One... Pre sale was you were going, you were supposed to have to enter your first six digits of your Capital One card to get in line. To buy these tickets. In order to get in line, you were supposed to have to enter those those digits from the Capital One card. They did not do that. I did not have to enter any sort of code, any sort of six digits, nothing. Anybody could have entered those, those lines.
1: That was the same thing for the verified fans. Yes. Part. You could enter the queue, you could select yeah. tickets, and then at the end, you had to enter your code. People
0: were just entering the line without... Having Capital One cards without anything, there was tons of bots in there. there. There, were there were a shit ton of bots in there because by the time it, I it and it didn't take me too long to get through the line. But you know why I think it didn't take me too long to get through the line? It took me about an hour and a half. It's they're because they're right? By the time I got up there, they were already gone. So people were jumping out of line. And they, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it so like when
1: they first announced it, it was uh, the, the tickets were going to be around fifty to four hundred dollars mm-hmm. based on the price point. But when people were entering it, even though it wasn't scalped yet,
0: the it, there was like what do they call it? Dynamic pricing. So there was not dynamic pricing. There was, not? there was a rumor that dynamic pricing was on because the tickets were going up so high. Like pricing was supposed to be from like fifty um, to four hundred. Was it like fifty dollars to yes. like four hundred dollars or whatever? With like with like VIP packages, you could have add on and stuff like that, right? Um, but uh, when we were when we were getting in there, the prices were real high. Um, and so a lot of people were speculating that it was dynamic pricing, and I have since figured out that dy- dynamic pricing was not on, and dynamic pricing is basically something that Ticketmaster, when it merged with Live Nation, came up with, too. They, dim- they said it was to, um, to bring ticket prices down, but it's com- the complete oh. opposite. It's turned into the complete opposite and now, so, with the yeah. amount of people in there trying to get tickets, it raises those prices way high. So, like, recently with it's Bruce Springsteen, yeah. um, it they it happened with Bruce Springsteen, and, like, floor seats ended up going up to, like, $5,000 because there was such demand for it, right? And so people were speculating that Taylor Swift dynamic pricing was on, and it wasn't because it would have been up to, like, $5,000 for floor seats, and we weren't getting to that. It wasn't quite that. But what was happening, um, just one second before I let you go, what was happening was... um. Ticketmaster was automatically adding, um, upgrading seats. They were automatically upgrading every seat to VIP. Though you couldn't get a single damn seat without it being upgraded to VIP already. And so that's where the dynamic price, or that's that's where the price increase was coming from.
1: I did hear about that, and it, it, just to clarify, for dynamic pricing is that you can argue that it will make tickets cheaper if you. It's because it's all about supply and demand. Yeah. So if you have the supply and there's less demand, then you reduce the cost of the supply in order to meet that demand. Uh, but the demand is so high, uh, uh, and, and you are seeing this especially with scalpers on the other side, where they're selling tickets for 50000 dollars because the demand is so high. Uh, and the supply is so low that they can bring those costs up to meet that
0: well and so what dynamic pricing was originally supposed to do right is like for no speed seats it was supposed to make those seats like super cheap because the floor seats would go first and then you know the lower bowl seats would go first so it's a whole bunch of fuckery on that end basically when i got through the line on all three screens there was nothing there was like nothing there. There were no tickets. We were supposed to have our own reserve of Capital One tickets. So I'm like, how many freaking tickets were there? Because I was there half an hour before. I got in line like 10 minutes before is when they let me get in line, join the join the wait list for the line. Um... And every time I would see a group of tickets, because I was trying to get a group of tickets. I think it was like six max tickets that you could get. And we had a group of people wanting to go with About six friends. Yes. So we (laughs) were trying to get the group. So I was trying to get six tickets. I was like clicking here, clicking there, clicking everywhere I could see six tickets. I was even going up to like $350 a ticket. I was like, shit. Well, like there's nothing left. I have to get the $350 one. Anytime I would click it, to, to go to get those tickets, immediately you would say, oh, another fan already got those. I'd go to a different set of tickets. Oh, a fan already got those. Different set of tickets. Oh, a fan already got those. I even went to, like, the highest-priced ones that were, like, uh, $800 a ticket, and I clicked on that, and, oh, a fan already got those. Uh, not available anymore. Hold on. And, and... Uh, it just, it kept happening so often that eventually the venue would completely sell out. And I was like, shit. So I'd go to a different venue. Exact same thing happening. They were they were going so fast that I couldn't even get single tickets. I even tried to get single tickets, like completely apart from each other. And they would go so fast. Oh, a fan got another one. That that was absolutely bots. People were not doing that. It exactly. was not people. So, and, and, and I, I was very curious about this because we've...
1: Zachary and I are are big fans of a lot of things. Yeah. And so we love, we love to buy collectible items. And oftentimes uh, when we buy them, bots will buy them first. Um, Yeah. And so I I did a little bit of research into this. And so bots were biggest, our biggest in the sneaker industry. And the thing is uh, people will sell bots to other people and it'll basically let you bypass everything and buy it immediately. Um, And uh you can make bots specifically for different websites like Ticketmaster and stuff like that. And then you can make bots for uh, like different sites like Mondo, you know, whenever they release mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, and that's, that like that. goes so fast, and that's yeah. why it goes so fast, but you have to buy the right bots for it. Um, it's like
0: software too,
1: right? Like is, people, it's, it's it like bots. It is software. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's how a lot of people, a lot of people, this is how a lot of people make money nowadays is they, Resell. It's all in the resale market. Mm-hmm. They buy tickets, they buy shoes, they buy figurines, and then they uh, re- re- jack up the price and resell it.
0: Anytime Monster High dolls go on sale, like a collectible Monster High doll, they're sold like in five minutes. And I know that's not people. That can't be people. It's bots buying them all up because a minute later they will all be on eBay for like outrageous amounts of money. And that's exactly what was happening with these Taylor Swift tickets is that immediately they were being resold on ticket or I don't remember if it was on Ticketmaster. No, on StubHub. All across different sites. All across different sites. um, They they were being sold for like $2,000. I... There's those headlines that say like nine thousand to fifty thousand dollars. Those may have been here or there, but that wasn't that wasn't the. Pro- it wasn't the norm, yeah. It wasn't the norm. It was it, that was just yeah. that sensationalized headlining. Um, but they were like going up to like twelve hundred dollars for a damn lower bowl seat, or um, I think if you go all the way up to the nosebleeds, those are like five hundred dollars right now. I even looked today. I looked today. they 600
1: 600- in Chicago. It's
0: ridiculous. Oh. And I went, while I was trying to get these tickets, I stood in line for every single venue. And those lines were going so fast because nobody was on those lines because they were all sold out. Every date sold out so quickly. Um, and people are pissed.
1: Yes. I mean, because fans aren't getting tickets. I mean, that's why we get pissed when bots. Yeah. Buy stuff because typically a lot of pe- a lot of the people who use bots, I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of people who use bots yeah. aren't even fans of the
0: merchandise. They just know that there's a demand for they it. They don't care. And this yeah. was like, this was the, the, this Ticketmaster. So, okay, everybody's pissed at Ticketmaster, right? And Ticketmaster ended up having to release a whole thing. They've been like... They're trying to save their asses over the Which past couple of days. it several times. Basically. Um, and so they basically said that we knew this was going to be a really big deal. They even said it when they were sending out those emails before the pre-sale. Do you remember those emails saying, like, this is going to be historic, this is going to be this, this is going to be that? Exactly, yeah. and, and then they sent out the codes and they are like, we didn't expect X That's what amount they're saying. of people so they, to they, do this. To like, like cover their ass, they started saying, well, we didn't expect it to be as historic as it was. We didn't expect to have this much traffic. There was too much traffic. Like There was like 40 million people on the side. There were too many people. Well, I'm like... You well, could have cut out the traffic by having the code at the beginning. At the yeah, like why were people in line? Why were people able to get in line if they were not part of the verified fan thing or if they were not part of the like Capital One no, um I wonder if pre-sale? you could have used
1: the bots to get through the verified fan thing. The
0: bots were in there, I'm telling you. They were they were going in there. Um and so it's been bringing up all all of this other fuckery, all of this other shit starting and dust ups that uh that ticketmaster has has had throughout the years. And so um, I'm going to go through a couple of those actually. In, in the nineties, Pearl Jam versus Ticketmaster was a really big one, right? Um, so Ticketmaster was pretty much like starting its monopoly on the touring industry. And in the nineties, Pearl Jam was trying to keep, they were trying to tour and they were trying to keep ticket costs down, right? And they were wanting service fees to be like a dollar eighty, And Ticketmaster service fees are like 4 to $8, right? And so Ticketmaster was not agreeing with Pearl Jam. And so Pearl Jam was like, okay, well, We're just going to go around your system and sell our tickets to fans, you know, in in a different way. We're not going to go through the Ticketmaster system. They
1: went through EMT.
0: And so Ticketmaster basically, like, blackballed them from touring. They they basically um, created this, like, nationwide uh, boycott on Pearl Jam for touring because Ticketmaster has so many different deals with all of the venues, basically. And so they were going on to all of the venues, and they were like, hey, legally, you cannot... Work with them if they are not going through us to get their tickets right. And so this this was a whole big thing. It went to Congress. It went. Um, there was uh, the Department Justice of Justice Department. was yeah. The, they were like involved in doing investigations, and it was a whole big thing. Ultimately, Ticketmaster won out. um There was like a whole pearl jam bill that was like created, so what- and it just basically died. um And Ticketmaster won. Well, it,
1: it, it won, and it was kind of snarky. I, I, I saw the press release afterwards. Yeah. You know, we're vindicated, uh, but, like, because I was reading the, art- the actual article from Rolling Stone from 1995, mm-hmm. and then they also talked about, uh, although Ticketmaster did win this, it did give uh, consumers uh, a, a, who didn't know about service fees. Yeah. Because s- service fees were never, like, you know— Priced out listed, yeah. So they did curve their service fees a little bit, and now people know that they have the service fees on top of that. But then I was looking at what they also talked about is that people uh, stopped stocking the box office with people uh, because if they don't, if they do that, if they have people in the box office, they can't charge service fees. Mm. But if you're doing it uh, through the phone, which is how they did it before, yeah. they can charge services.
0: It was like through the phone. You could go in person. It's or, like or how we used to be able to do yeah. it. Um, in 2002, a band called the String Cheese Incident, they were trying to sell tickets directly to their fans, right? And Ticketmaster came out and they made a rule for all of their artists and bands and stuff like that. And they basically said that um, bands and artists could not sell more than 8% of tickets. Uh, to their own shows basically blocking string cheese incident from selling tickets directly to their fans. Um, the string cheese incident sued and uh, there was a settlement that allowed the band to sell like chunks of tickets to, uh, for five years. And then that lapsed. And after that lapsed in like 2009, um, the band has basically resorted to finding ways to skirt around the uh the uh, ticketmaster in order to sell fans directly to their or to sell tickets directly to their fans and that's basically there they're basically scalping their own tickets is what they said they feel like they're scalping their own tickets um oh also my gosh,
1: that's kind of funny to it's crazy
0: and also in 2018 there was reporters from uh for the Toronto Star Um, a a Canadian publication, and they went undercover as ticket scalpers to an event that Ticketmaster was at. And Ticketmaster representatives were encouraging them to partake in ticket scalping. They were like, hey, you guys can scalp as many tickets as you want. You can go ahead and get as many tickets as you want. And um, Ticketmaster actually turns a blind eye to using bots. So if you want to use bots, go ahead and use bots and um, just go through Ticketmaster's reselling program. And so they were basically encouraging that In order to make the sale on the tickets on the Ticketmaster website, selling to the scalpers, right, and then the scalpers, the scalpers um, reselling the tickets on their website again, and they would also, so they would make even more money on the fee. It's it's freaking wild. It's crazy, and
1: they get more money on the fees of the scalpers. And a lot of people speculate that they're scalping their own tickets. That they're buying up their own tickets and reselling them.
0: I I am just, like, mind blown. This is not something that I even, like, really knew much about. But, like, having researched all of this and, like, looking all of this up... By the way, all of the facts I just got... I should probably, like, credit my source, right? Um... It's from The Hill. There's there's an article from The Hill basically explore, uh, exploring the different dust-ups that uh, Ticketmaster's been into. And I'd, I'll link that down below. Mine was Rolling Stone 1995 article. There you go, baby. Um, but it, it just doing the research really has like highlighted how seedy freaking Ticketmaster is. I did not realize. I remember when... I remember seeing a bunch of stuff when they merged with Live Nation, and Live Nation is again like a big powerhouse in the touring industry and like live entertainment. Um, And I remember a lot, a lot being said around that time, but I had no idea. Like I did not realize, and so it makes a lot of sense that now with this, I, I think I think Ticketmaster and their shadiness and their seediness meeting Taylor Swift and her demand. Uh, And and the amount of people that were going to have eyes on this was a really bad move on their part. In order to keep their shit secret, they should not have done something like with Taylor Swift. Because Swifties are crazy, by the way. Swifties
1: will... They're talking about class action lawsuits?
0: (laughs) (laughs) They will learn law in order... (laughs) They will get a degree. 14, 15-year-old Swifties will learn law in order to... Just because they weren't able to get Taylor Swifties, I think m- most
1: most Swifties are now in their twenties. They're like millennials. They're like us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um.
0: But we will learn law in order to, uh, in, in order to
1: make this right. <laughs> but like uh, oh, so, so uh, I saw somebody tweet, and, yeah. and I'm not sure if it's valid or not, or if they're just saying this, but that they that their cousin works. For uh, Republic Records, mm-hmm. and that uh, Taylor Swift was—I'm sure she's
0: pissed. pissed I'm sure she is pissed. Ticketmaster—they so. basically fucked over all of her fans, right? And like for an artist, whether I whether she gives a shit about her fans or not, it doesn't even matter. It made her look so bad. Well, this well, made her look really bad.
1: Well, we actually just had a conversation kind of yeah. about this, about like you know, Rihanna and Beyonce are going out on tour here soon and, yeah. and are are they going to be able to like see what's going on with taylor swift's issue and
0: curve it and and you said i feel like beyonce is not really a, i don't know so much about rihanna but I, I i know i feel like beyonce is more like a. she's like hermes right like she's a high high designer brand um and taylor swift is still like a company that is like accessible even though she's like so successful she's still accessible to everybody and you know it feels like casual clothing right whereas like Beyonce knows she's Hermes and she's not she doesn't really care like she doesn't yeah. she knows she doesn't need to be accessible for everybody her tickets are going to be super expensive and I feel like she'll have dynamic pricing going. I feel like she doesn't give a shit and people are going to buy them anyway and we're not going to complain about it but like for somebody like Taylor Swift it's it's just different like Taylor Swift still feels more accessible well, um,
1: she's built that connection with her fans she's made herself accessible she's made herself really that's part of her brand Mm -hmm. um and uh, she put out a statement too about this what do you Uh, think about that statement we were waiting for a statement for a while i was wondering if she was gonna say Um, anything at all and well uh, because there's not anything that can be done right like she can't refund kind of annoyed me so she didn't call them out by name yeah it was on her stories so, so it could you know expire and i think that she was just addressing it while she could address it and i'm hoping that in the background she's looking to see what she can do yeah without you know Having, because Pearl Jam was at the time one of the biggest uh, rock bands, especially for you know? touring, right? Like and, they, and they, were... they, they thought that they had the, uh, the weight to be able yeah. to do what they were doing. And it, right now, I was like, yeah, of course, Taylor Swift. You know, take Taylor Swift. You know, did that whole Spotify deal. You know, I, uh, Apple Music. She's taken on big corporations before. Uh, yeah. You know, for other singer songwriters and herself as an artist so
0: it seems like something that she would do i just don't know how she's going to do it it seems like something she would do but is it something she can do right like i guess that's the bigger question is like is there something she can do and i i don't know i don't know because this is this big so i okay so i I was thinking about it right Mm -hmm. so
1: this isn't just an issue for taylor swift yeah right it's an issue for any touring art artist i could see her uh, maybe not dealing with it right now for the the Aris
0: tour, but maybe uh, I could see her starting her own like ticketing industry.
1: Yes, or like uh, uh, starting maybe like an artist collective. Yeah, where collectively like uh, big powered artists, you know, go forward and uh. Like, they they try to buy out time for stadiums or something like that. Well, I mean, this is the
0: problem here, though, is, like, Ticketmaster has all of these, these deals with all of these venues. These venues are contractually obligated to work with Ticketmaster. And so these artists then have to work with Ticketmaster. That's how they have such a monopoly on everything, is from my understanding. And so that's how they're able to get away with all of this shit, right? And artists can't really go around Ticketmaster. So... If she did start a ticketing company or something like that, I don't know. It would just depend on like what the contracts look like from with all of these venues and Ticketmaster and whether those were coming up. Like if they were gonna. I don't know how long how how long those extend. I I don't know the details on that. But um, the Department of Justice is <laughs> um. investigating this again. They they have opened an investigation on uh it's it's antitrust right mm-hmm. that. There's antitrust concerns. And so they, they, yeah, we're going to, this is super interesting to me. I'm like, I have my ear to the damn door on this one.
1: The thing is capitalism only really works when um, you're able to actually have, compete within, you know, markets. If you can't compete within markets, then capitalism doesn't work at all. Hmm. You know, the point of capitalism is for uh, products, the quality of products to get better and to drive prices down because people yeah. compete with prices so that it's accessible for more people but guess what with ticketmaster in control of what mm. it was like 80% of the ticketing industry so wild uh, yeah. then uh, it, that's not going to be the case and there's like 12 other vendors that compete for the last 20% too yeah so it was like i don't know
0: there was a um, she was at the AMAs on was it yesterday last night or sunday it was last night? night oh yeah. yeah and she didn't say anything about it so mm-hmm. i was hoping she was going to say something i knew she probably wouldn't i, I, I but. think she's
1: I think, uh, I think there's legal stuff in there because they had yeah. a contract. I think there's legal. There's stuff a in reason there. she's yeah.
0: not saying specifics because so. there is a contract in place. But uh, so that's our fuckery of the week—the biggest thing that ground our gears. But we might get
1: know. another album about it. I don't know. <laughs> we don't really have a, na- a
0: name for this segment yet. But like, what is your what's your best cup of joe for the week? I guess. Oh oh, I I put oh what was something I, that just I suggested brought it. I was, a like, lot of, toast toast of spark of the week. Toast of the week. Maybe we could do the toast of the week. What's your toast of the week?
1: Um. So I have one. So I. And I'm only really talking about it this about this because I want it re- renewed for season two. Mm-hmm. But uh, Drink Masters, I started watching. Oh, it I don't on, even have that
0: on my notes. I thought you were going to talk about the last middle.
1: Yeah, well, the the lost Metal just came out this week uh, by Brandon Sanderson. It's the fourth book mm-hmm. in the second era of the Cosmere. Uh, if you want, read the first three books. Amazing. Yeah. The last four books kind of read like Sherlock Holmes. If you're interested in something like that. Um, anyways. But I w to talk about Drink Masters because I think it has, has a wider appeal mm-hmm. and also make, make, made me feel kind of like
0: inspired to like. Oh, do all stuff. week, all week. Do you know what I've been finding all week? Is just little half little glasses like this just laying around the house, just just. Drinks made like little mixed drinks just laying everywhere. That just doesn't taste very him, good. And then talk. I said, I said why, "Why didn't you drink it?" And he's like, well, "I didn't. T- it didn't taste good, so I didn't like <laughs> it. So you just leave it on the counter." Yes. So Gatorade uh, and uh, a tequila. <laughs> no, don't call me out. <laughs> just like sitting on the bathroom counter. It's not classy. Randomly, as I'm brushing my teeth, I just look down I, I, and see I, it.
1: It's, it's not classy, but it's so cool because you wouldn't think that like a a cocktail making show. Uh, would have a lot to it but they really go in depth because they make all of their ingredients by scratch within like 60 75 minutes and it's it's all super the presentation is great like it's it's really really fun it's almost like upscale um what is Uh, upscale british bake-off kind of vibes because they're not cutthroat in there they're kind of helping each other out Mm. it's nice it's nice i always like to feel good
0: competitive show. I think my best cup of Joe for the week or toast for the week, help us out with names for this. It's like the the, 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 the so we have the fucker of the week, which, which is things that ground our gears. And then something that just brought us a lot of joy this week. Um, but I, I was going to say the menu, but I'm thinking the crown, the crown made me real happy this week. I just had a deja vu moment. Uh, just it, you, you got to move something. When you have deja vu, you got to move some stuff around until it feels right. Um, the crown though, I, think, I thought The Crown Season 5 was real, real good. And Elizabeth Debicki was really good as Diana. And I just loved watching her play Diana. And I'm addicted. I'm obsessed. See, Love it. I, I feel like I'd
1: like it more if we had watched it from the beginning. But we watched the first season and then we stopped. And then you only went back
0: when I think that's Diana a really and good show, though, in order to... to Pick up at any sort of like different era though. I don't think you have to watch that show from the beginning, and so I don't feel like I missed anything. Not watching it from the beginning um, because I am more interested in the Diana years, and I I fell in right you know perfectly. I don't know. It didn't it didn't seem like I was out of place at all. But so, so we, bo-
1: we both actually chose different
0: things than what we know <laughs> we wrote down. Both it. on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and, uh, the menu is actually really good too. So mm-hmm.
0: if y'all want to check that out, yeah, that's probably joy. I guess we can talk about uh, Helix Sleep really quick. The sponsor of today's episode, we love our Helix Sleep. Basically, I had our Helix Sleep (laughs) conversation at the beginning. I mean, we did, yeah. Uh, We We love it so much, (laughs) we have two. We have two. My husband's cheating on me with a Helix Sleep mattress. (laughs) (laughs) We have a queen-size Helix Sleep Midnight Luxe mattress and a a king-size Helix Sleep Midnight Luxe mattress. And we use both of them quite often. And so, uh, yeah, they both get slept in like every night, almost. Every Every other night. night. Apparently we got to spread of the love. We switch from bed to bed. Um, we love them. We love the Helix Sleep Mattresses. <laughs> now it's time to tell y'all a little bit about our sponsor for today's episode, Helix Sleep. Helix is a premium mattress and a box company that makes beds to fit your unique sleep style. Helix knows that everybody is different and everybody has their own unique needs. And so they've made a sleep quiz that'll match you with your perfect mattress based on your needs. I am an all over sleeper. Alistair is more of a side sleeper. He likes a firm mattress, I like, uh, you know, more medium. We took the quiz together and we got the midnight mattress. And one of the best parts about Helix is that they deliver the mattress right to your door for free. It comes rolled up in a box and is super easy to set up yourself. And if it makes you nervous to buy something online that you haven't tried, Helix has a 100 night sleep trial so you get more than three months to make sure that you absolutely love it. And if you don't, they'll pick it up for you and you'll get a full refund. Well, if you or somebody you know is in the market for a new mattress and you think that Helix sounds right for you, you can go to helixsleep.com slash tequila, where you can get up to $200 off of your mattress and... Two free pillows. Mm. Candace Cameron Bure, she had the star of Full House, DJ Tanner. Our DJ Tanner um, is... So she... Is like Christmas Queen of Hallmark, right? Like she, for the longest time, has I'm been. I'm glad Christmas, that you said of Hallmark has been Christmas Queen of Hallmark, and Mariah Carey reigns has reigns done supreme. all of these Christmas movies, and like she's Queen of the Hallmark Christmas movie, is what she was. She worked with Hallmark for the longest time and recently has announced that she is going, she's switching over to a new platform that is like just starting. It's it's a brand new platform that they're just now building, right? It was somebody who worked over at Hallmark who has created a platform, uh, a channel called Great American Family Channel. And so Candace Cameron was part of that deal and she went over and followed it. So as this channel is sort of making its debut, they're starting to do all the promo for it, right? And so the Wall Street Journal did an article. Talking about Great American Family and 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 uh, interviewed Candace Cameron. She did a whole photo shoot for it and everything. And um, one thing really stuck out about it is like they've already been talking about that. This is supposed to be about Christianity. It's supposed to be about country. It's supposed to be about family. Those are the three big things, right? Um, and that we already kind of know <laughs> where that leans. It's the Republican channel, you know. Yeah. It is supposed to be the Republican channel, but um, and just just from that, you can already assume that maybe like the LGBT folks aren't really welcome, right? But it hadn't really been said um, until this Wall Street Journal article, and they, they straight up asked her, hey, yeah, are, are LGBT folks, like, you know, going to be featured in any of these movies, in any of these projects? And Candace Cameron gave a quote, exactly, that said, I think that great American family will keep traditional marriage at the core, and that started, sparked a, a firestorm of... Uh, headlines and you know a bunch of people covering that and pulling that quote and basically saying that yeah the lgbt folks are probably not welcome on this channel right
1: which is like what people already knew but it was like said it's different when it's said
0: and verbalized versus when it's when it's you know kind of already assumed right like you can make the joke about it already being assumed and you can you can kind of talk about it a little bit but like until something's confirmed you know i always say like you can't really you can't take back something you say yes yes and so she gave, she went a couple, couple days silence, went social media silent for a couple days. And then she came on Instagram and gave a statement and basically said one of the quotes from it was all of you who know me, it, it was a long one too. I read it. It was like five pages. Was um, it really? Yeah, it was long. Um, in her Instagram but this is a quote from her Instagram basically said all of you who know me know beyond question that I have great love and affection for all people it absolutely breaks my heart that anyone would ever think I intentionally would want to offend and hurt anyone it saddens me that the media is often seeking to divide us even around a subject as comforting and merry as a Christmas movies um, she went on to say in the rest of the uh, post that she she loves everybody that she's just doing great American family because she wants to promote faith and be- her belief in God. And, uh, you know, she wants to share God's love through Christmas, her whole big goal there. Um,
1: so yeah. this got me, okay. y- you'd put this on the list, right? I did. Uh, of I... what we're going to talk about. So I, this got me started with like going down the, uh, Candace Cameron beer, like little career, uh thing yeah. and you've been a big fan of full house and yes. and fuller house um i've seen both but i've not like seen them all you know like it's a casual viewing while they're on or you'll put it on and i'll watch it with you and, and they're pretty good but um so i guess she took a break for a while and, and then came back t- to the uh, uh to the she industry she went off and started a family yeah yeah and, and then she did she's done uh 18 hallmark movies uh for hallmark and Uh, I look to see why. So she moved to great American family following Hallmark's first gay Christmas movie. So people are pointing that out. I mean, I'm not sure if there's a correlation or not. However, uh, she claims that her Hallmark contract was up at the time. Yes. She was taking advantage to move to gam. I'm going to call him gam,
0: gam, great (laughs) American family. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Gam. Um, And in order to like make, make that one like push. And I think, Hallmark's been great for her.
0: Hallmark's been great for a lot of other. Uh, well, she said there was actors. a there was a change in leadership at Hallmark that she didn't agree with, and oh, really? so she followed the people from Hallmark over to Great American Family Channel. And what I'm guessing is that leadership was pushing for more inclusive content, so the gay Hallmark Christmas movies and things like that, which are coming up, um, and maybe weren't, and it's possible that they weren't as friendly to the idea of uh, more Christian led. Christmas movies, right? I could see that, especially if your leadership is saying that they want to be more, um, I don't know, quote unquote, woke. I think you can they do want to both. go. There. I, I think you can do both, but I could see them having like tried to curb the uh, the Christian movies a little bit, and yeah. and yeah. Candice Cameron probably not liking that. I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of it, um, but for whatever reason, she decided to move. Right? Um, I have been. I have to say, I put it on this list because I really wanted to talk about this. Um, I have been one of the biggest Candace Cameron supporters all my life. Um... I loved Full House growing up. It was in a chaotic home that I grew up in. That was like my family that, you know, was so wholesome and I could watch and it was just so wholesome and so like sweet. And and there was no drama, (laughs) there was no chaos in that. And I just like felt comfort with them, right? And DJ was my favorite character, loved Candace Cameron. When Full House ended, um, you know, when she started moving on to other things, I remember watching her Lifetime movies. I remember she used to have, um, uh, her her movies, her Lifetime movies, and all of her like directed DVD movies and all of those things would be at like the library, and I could rent them for free. So I'd always go to the library and rent her movies. And then I remember when she showed up on Disney Channel after her little hiatus on the, That's a Raven. I remember watching that. Um, when she was on The View, I was supporting her on The View. Um, when Fuller House came around, oh, so fucking excited for for Fuller House. I was real excited about that one. And uh, I even skipped like a whole day of classes in college the day it premiered just to like binge it i just watched the whole thing and i loved it and it felt like my you know i had this family back um and i've always supported her knowing that she was like you know that she was big in her faith her her faith is very very important yes. to her and she's never like minced to that you know even when she was on the view she she gave a lot of she got hired full-time for the view because she had this like little uh little debate with with raven simone about the cake the 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 oh, bakery yeah, who refused to yeah, yeah bake for for uh, a gay couple, um, and she said that f- uh, freedom of association is still a thing in this country and she agrees with freedom of association and if it didn't align with her uh, with their religion you know she she was pretty much on the baker side, um, and you know that already let everybody know like where she kind of stands right but my foolish ass just still supported her I'm just like you know I love her. You know, she's my favorite little Republican.
1: <laughs> it's kinda of like some of our family members who we know that love us, but like Yeah. You don't want to sit them to say anything that would they can't take back. It's just out loud. somebody
0: I looked up to since I was a little kid, right? And so I, I always chalked it down to, you know, well that's her, her beliefs. Those are her beliefs and you know, that's okay. She can have her beliefs. Um where I really have a problem and I haven't followed her, I've just you know, it doesn't fucking matter to her. She doesn't give a shit. Oh, but, you unfollowed her? Oh yeah it doesn't she doesn't give a shit. She doesn't care, but it it did hurt me reading this in The Wall Street Journal, her saying that because it is her making the active choice to be exclusive, right? They're excluding certain groups of people and they're making that choice. And like everybody again, already kind of knew that that's where this was going. But it's different seeing it in print and seeing her specifically say, well, we're going to keep traditional marriage at the core of this. We all know what traditional marriage means. It means no same sex, and it means okay. No I mean, it's, it's a way of answering the question by like answering yes. the
1: question, you know, and she's absolutely
0: saying the LGBTQ yeah. are not welcome here on the great American family channel. And mm-hmm. in essence, you are not part of the great American family. Um, and oh, yeah, I think that is a fair sort of, uh, reading between the lines of this, right? There's gonna be a lot of people to say, well, you know, uh, she didn't say that you're putting words in her mouth. It is a fair reading between the lines okay let's not let's not gaslight here let's not pretend that we don't know what she's saying um and in that way it did really hurt and i i, I commented on her post um and it started picking up a lot of traction and uh, a lot of people were, like really your, your, your comment oh, they got up people on it? people were um i mean it wasn't like one of the top like thousands oh, okay. of likes and stuff like that but like i had a lot of people commenting on my comment like and, like, like wrote, shitty stuff oh, or tearing me to shreds yeah. oh really oh, yeah oh yeah saying what would you say on your comment I just said, okay, so my big part my big issue with her statement that she put out was not that she was saying, um, yeah, I just want, you know, God to be at the core of the projects that I work on. That's just what I want, stuff like that. I love everybody, whatever, okay? Yeah. All of that stuff. My problem with her statement was her blaming media and saying that the media once again is trying to to divide all of us. No, you made a statement. Own up to your fucking statement. Just say, yeah, I said it. And, and I would respect that a lot more than being like, oh, well, the media is like twisting it and throwing, you know, spinning it up. and no, you gave a quote. You said exactly what you said, you know, just like stand by it, man. Uh, d- d- and so that was, that's basically what I said is I just said, you know, it's not the media. It, you, you said the quote, it's, it's what you said. And a lot of people like going in on that and getting real mad and be like, well, it's her beliefs. Not everybody, you know, you're just mad that the, um. That, you know, they're not walking on eggshells around the gays. And uh, <laughs> I, people were fucking saying this shit to me. And it just... I, I think i you can't really respond to things like that. It just... Uh, well, you know what? Uh, we n- never expected Gam to be for the gays, but,
1: mm-hmm. you know... And, and I didn't.
0: I, I didn't expect it. I never expected to see any gays or a gay Christmas movie on that channel. Nothing. I probably wasn't going to follow her over to that channel. But it's I don't very even know how people different. watch that channel. I don't it know what is, that channel is. It is very different seeing her say that and pretty much connecting the dots. Why she left Hallmark? What what kind of content she's trying to produce? Who's not allowed in that content? Well, it's also how you
1: how you frame it, right? She said, "Yeah, we are going to keep uh, traditional marriage at the core." of gam right yeah um which is a, a positive way of saying we are not gonna have gay people in gam i would never like to meet my I- idols
0: well you got to manage your expectations with that because the people you're probably looking up to are probably not you're probably not gonna like them you know there's no, a big I mean, chance uh, you're not gonna like them i used to
1: look up to some people yeah. who are really not good people who the uh, the creator of Buffy
0: you can I, say his fucking name I hate that I oh, okay. hate that like let's stop acting like people don't exist I, J K Rowling exists <laughs> Joss Whedon exists we can point them out Joss Whedon <laughs> I used to yeah. I mean I
1: loved all of his stuff so I, I would have had loved to have met him whenever mm-hmm. you asked a question of who would you like to like have a conversation with you know you know uh, and I'd be like oh Joss Whedon because I'd want to pick his brain yeah and I, I, I just, I just in a way I you don't can want still want to do say that. it. Why not? In a, yeah. In a way I still want to do it, but like at the same time, like I've already been so disillusioned. Yeah. By him and by other people that I think I've looked up to, that I don't want to meet my heroes. I want them to be stay like nice and perfect in my brain. Where, um, like, I, yeah, I, I just know them by my own opinion of them, and, uh, and, and I don't have anything else that just like takes that away from it i don't know
0: i think this is what this whole situation did for me right it's like it just it just it just reminded me that you have to manage your expectations on the people you look up to because they're real people in real life right they're not that she's not dj tanner you know i may have thought of her like dj tanner but she's not dj tanner she owes me nothing she doesn't owe me she doesn't have to share my beliefs she doesn't have to like agree with what i agree with i don't have to agree with what she agrees with she don't even fucking know me she don't know me, right? She's her own person, making her own career, doing what's right for her, what she believes is right for her. Um, and I—that reminds me of that, and it, I, it also helps me to remember that if if somebody is if somebody is against just who I am as a person. I, I'm just, that's not somebody I want to support, right? So I'm just not going to support her anymore. And good luck to her. Good luck on her career. Great right. American Family Channel. Hope it's very successful for you. Whatever. Um, And Stephanie Tanner's my favorite Tanner sister now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of a long-running TV show, though, that was about, what, seven, eight seasons? This, uh, 19 this, seasons. <laughs> this one's going to get your heart, baby. This hurts my heart. Would you want to meet Ellen Pompeo? No. 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 <laughs> Meredith, she's not Meredith Gray, baby.
1: I know I, I I wouldn't want to meet her because I mean obviously like if I saw her I'd freak out but like if I saw her like in a bakery and she was like I, I probably would I'd be like but like I wouldn't like approach her would you just like stand in front of her I don't know if I had like if for some reason yeah. okay I'm at a bag- bakery it's Halloween for some reason I decided to be a vampire doctor and I had like a coat you know you know the the coat then I'd be like
0: <laughs> okay 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 but, you, um, you make it sound anyways. real creepy like you're there with the trench <laughs> and you're gonna pull it over and there's gonna be like cookies on lining on the sides that's like like Ellen pompeo no, but I, I I have loved gray's anatomy for so long Well, sorry we had to change tape um i need you know what i want for christmas i really want a third camera a third camera because we have two cameras right now and we have a two camera set up here and then at the top of the episode we usually have the single camera in the middle um But if we just had three cameras going at all times, it'd be so easy. I just want another Canon 70D, Canon 70D, and then, I don't know, maybe either the zoom lens or the 35mm lens, I don't know, but a three camera setup would be like... Ideal? Ideal. Well, we need it so
1: that you, you, we can set up the video so that it automatically go uh, gets downloaded altogether instead of using the SD cards. Yeah. And we need uh, to get, instead of batteries, just do plugs. Yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know. It's, are we going on all things? Yeah. Okay. We're, yeah. we're going. Um, so, Ellen Pompeo is leaving Grace Anatomy after 19 seasons. You know what really irked me about this? What? It was the 19. Instead is of 20? 20 such a good number, too. Well, uh, she's one season away, one season away. I know it's 20 something episodes. I know it's a lot of work. One season away. She could have said I was on it for 20 years. Hmm. So I've had such a love for Grey's Anatomy for yeah. so
1: long. Um, I'm one of those who who never, I, I think there's a lot of us out, uh, out there who like never stopped watching it. I'm two seasons behind right now. I'm on season 17. <sighs> um, Karev. I know it's gonna happen, but I don't want it to happen. So that's why I'm
0: still on. on season 17. You are never gonna finish this fucking I am never show going now. To now it. that he yeah. knows that Gray is like leaving, yeah, and that's a finale for her. He doesn't ever want to watch anything that has that is leading up to a finale. So if he knows that Ellen Pompeo is leaving, he will never finish this damn show. No. Now you are stuck on season seventeen for the rest of your life. And I'm a little upset because so.
1: It, obviously the sh- she is a t- titular character of the show right yeah it started off on with gray and i think that if you look at season one um it starts off mostly with her stories and then we start like branching off you know t- uh to uh christina yeah and uh we branch off to other side characters and um she kind of gets lost a little bit in there but then sandra O oh leaves the show and she g- kind of gets focused a little bit more derek leaves the show and then it becomes her show again Since season
0: 12 to now, like she has been a superstar on that show. What do you mean? But again, though, like it started as all of their show. Like it was her, she was the titular character, but she was still like all of their show. Like it, it relied on the cast. It didn't uh, just rely on her. it,
1: it, It did, but she got lost in it for a while there. I think that she got lost in it for a while there. And that once Derek left and once Sandra left, she was just. She was a boss. So
0: basically get rid of everybody. Yes. And then she gets to just be, I don't know. I think it sounds boring with just okay, her. In okay. It.
1: Exactly. But you
0: don't watch it. I stopped watching after Izzy left. You got rid of my girl, Catherine Hagel. Mm-hmm. Done. Okay. Done.
1: Well, my thing is before season 12, um, there had been a conversation, uh, where Shonda Rhimes was asked, you know, when are y'all going to come to a close with *The Grace anatomy? And she basically said, um, when, uh, gosh, Pat, Patrick Dempsey and Ellen, Ellen Pompeo are done with it. Mm-hmm. So that told me that Patrick Dempsey and Ellen Pompeo were going to be there forever, and then Patrick Dempsey left the show and I cried and I bawled my eyes out and I thought it was the worst thing ever to happen. It's so they weird built it up died, for, oh, for, Yeah. It was terrible. They, they built it up for so much time, and I was like, we're never going to come back from it. It's never going to be good, and it was great. It was great. No. Um, and now she's leaving, and I, don't, I just don't think I have anybody else. I mean, Bailey's still going to be there, but I don't... I don't I don't have anything else for her, and she's the highest paid actress. Like she's the highest paid TV actress, you know. And she's leaving that behind. I don't
0: remember what the numbers are on that either, though. I remember we, we have, we've had plenty like of conversations about. Is it twenty yeah. million? It's some sort of deal where she's like she's got producer money and she's got money executive for starring money. Yeah, and I'm curious whether she's going to keep herself on as executive
1: producer, um, because she said she said that she will. It's, uh, her statement said she was
0: going to come back to visit, right? Yeah, she, she yeah. said,
1: I am eternally grateful and humbled by the love and support you have shown me. Meredith Gray and the show for 19 seasons. This isn't your first time on the roller coaster. You know the show must go on, and I'll definitely be back to visit. This isn't a goodbye. It's a see you later. Mm. And her and, and, and Shonda Rhimes po- posted a post that was like very sim- similar to this. because um, it, it definitely seemed like she loved her job. I, I'm
0: guessing she also wants to do other stuff. It's not 19 years, man. Like the, that's a long stretch. Uh, just go for the 20. You just have to go for the 20 <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, I know <laughs> that really bugs me. Really bugs me. But, but do you think, dude, do you think there was any drama behind the scenes with a ABC? I don't
1: know if there's any drama, but I don't think so because she'd already, so she's already signed on to executive produce and start in a limited series based on the thriller ho- horror, the orphan. And I think that she was very comfortable in this. Mm. Like it's, 20 years, like some people retire after 19, 20 years in, you know, in the army, for example. Mm. Um, So that's a long time to be a character and maybe she's ready to be something different.
0: Well, and it's different. Like TV has changed so much in the time that in just the span of, of the show, right? I think the show started at such a good time where they were having the 20 something episode seasons. And now it's, we've evolved to like eight to 10 to 12 episodes, yep. but they are still going on 20 episode seasons and it's got to be exhausting. You know, like I'm sure she's ready to kind of step away for a little while and just like, let it go to whoever.
1: Well, I think especially now, like, uh, I feel like it's okay. I miss, I'm not gonna lie. I miss 22 episode seasons. Oh, it sounds it, exhausting. man. It no. sounds exhausting. And yeah. like, uh, like we're both big Buffy fans and I could not imagine the Buffy fans well, I mean, you could have pared down those seasons to eight, eight to twelve episodes, right? But all of the additional stuff that we got, all of the the side stuff, it gives yeah. you time to really, really character develop. But then again, one of the reasons Sarah, one of the
0: reasons Sarah stepped away, was because she was exhausted. Yeah, she was tired. You know? I mean, and she was the lead. to she, she was the gray of that of Buffy. Yeah. She was the Buffy of Buffy. You know, it's it's it worked for the time. And the shows that we got, the 20-something episode seasons, were, like, great for that, Tom. But if Buffy were to come back, I don't know that I would want it for 20-something episodes. I think I would want it for, like, 10 episodes. I feel like you can create a much more concise and and well-thought-out story in yes. that, Tom. And that's what I would want, you know?
1: And I wouldn't necessarily want... A season two
0: i would want them to come back whenever they'd want to come back yes so if they're like, we always okay, say that yes it's like it's very and, important that i wish i wish projects would understand that they don't have you don't have to have a serious finale you know you can have a well we're going to end it here for now x-files did it perfectly where they whether you think the comebacks are good or not they understood that they were just going to end it for the time being and come back whenever they wanted. you I know mean, the spy girls never broke up technically so. technically Te- technically mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I, I, that's why I don't think they, you necessarily have to do this what yeah. I really wanted because I do do think that it should come to the close at some point is I wanted them to have almost all of the original cast back for one season but barring that I think that maybe when they are ready to end Grey's Anatomy overall it'd be cool for them to have like maybe a three episode arc of like all the cast coming back or we seeing them in some form or, or, yeah. or another I'd be okay with that So maybe except know. for
0: Patrick Dempsey because he did but, it's going to be well, Or Mark's Georgia O'Malley's dead, too. Oh,
1: my gosh. Both Mick Dreamy and Mick Steamy A lot are gone. Lexi's
0: dead. All of them
1: are dead, no. Alistair. They're
0: all dead. Yeah, they all died, okay? You know what? Tragedy I, befell. I understand <laughs> why Meredith is, is leaving. I understand why she's I leaving. Know, but who's the gray now? We gonna, she's going to have like... Well, some, her
1: sister... Oh, gosh. I forget her sister's name is, is really good. So, I think that... Lexi? They're... No, she has another sister. She has another sister? Yes. Spoiler alert. So she's going to have
0: another sister then. Another no. Grey that's going to come in and... No, no. her si- A third sister. sister.
1: Gray? No, her sister's last name isn't Grey. Um, But uh, I think it'll actually focus on Bailey mostly. Honestly. Good for her.
0: Yeah. Good for her. Okay. Well, I don't know. I think we're kind of running to the end of this episode. I think <laughs> we've talked about it a lot. We've talked for a long time, too. Yes. We're cutting in here real quick at the end of this episode because we weren't able to talk about it during the recording, but we wanted to offer some thoughts and, and condolences to the tragedy that happened this past weekend in Colorado Springs. I wanted to talk about that for a second. So on Saturday night, going into Sunday morning, a gunman went into a gay bar in Colorado Springs, Club Q. And killed five people, injured twenty-five people, and I don't really want to talk about the the gunman at all. I don't want to give his name. All that information's out there on the internet. I'm sure you've already heard about it by now. Um, but I do I do want to kind of touch on a New York Times piece that just came out today um, about some of the bar patrons who were there and were the real heroes in this situation um, as the gunman was committing these crimes these bar patrons stood took a stand and, and took this gunman down. Um, one of those being Richard Fierro. He's
1: a 15 year uh, army veteran who left in 2013 as a mm-hmm. major. Um, and he tackled uh, the gunman. He charged at and tackled the gunman, uh, beating him with dis, disarming the gunman and beating the gunman with his own weapon. Yeah.
0: And so he, he was able to disarm the gunman. he, called for other patrons to help him somebody took the rifle and threw the rifle off to the side and so the gunman couldn't reach that a um, the article mentions a drag queen stomping the gunman with uh, her heel um, but i i have been seeing on social media that other people are correcting this and it was actually a trans woman not a drag queen so i don't know i don't know what the truth is there um, feminine presenting yeah, person i'm sure that that uh, bar that bar patron has not come forward yet and so i'm sure she will whenever she is she is ready to i'm sure this was a really traumatic event and she probably needs time as well to to kind of process this um and so the two of them primarily uh, uh, subdued this gunman it was because of them that this tragedy wasn't bigger than it was it's still a tragedy and it's still terrible but it could have been even worse right had they not taken a stand and this hasn't been confirmed to be a hate crime but I think it's pretty safe to, to assume it probably was. Just imagining all of the people who are completely traumatized by this event now. You know, there's five victims, um, five fatalities, and their families, like, there's a reverb, so their families will never see them again. They will never talk to them again. You know, their loved ones, their friends, um, will never have those people in their lives again. And, and the rest of the people at this bar, the people who were injured and the people who were able to escape, will remember this, that trauma is going to stick with them. And so now they have to begin a process of healing, and it's just something that never even needed to happen in the first place, right? But why is this happening? We know why this is happening. In the past few years, especially, I've seen such such a rise in this sort of hatred and, and this rhetoric and this narrative that our community, this LGBTQ community and our groups of people are somehow dangerous to the to the general public right to the normal people um that we're going to infect them the 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 word groomer is being thrown around left and right and being like so heavily rubbed into our faces um we're being labeled as groomers and and you know you and i as as you know really white gay men are are you know have the least of it we're getting the least brunt of it you know Uh, trans women are really getting that uh, that groomer label uh, drag queens are really being called groomers you have these politicians you have these people you have people like Candace Cameron Bure who who are pushing this narrative that we are somehow othered we are othered. I mean we are other that that's what it means to be queer
1: um, but the thing is it, it's just because you're different from everybody else Does it mean that you deserve this
0: kind of violence? And it's just needless. You know, people just trying to exist are somehow under attack. And, you know, I see comments on our videos and our our episodes and people are like, well, gay people are not under attack. LGBT people are not under attack. That's just that's just wrong. And that's, you know, um, making victim noises. But they're literally under attack, literally under attack. These acts of violence are being committed against our groups of people and that's just fact and it's because of, it's of of this narrative that that this these far right-wingers are pushing it is far right-wingers that are pushing this narrative that we are somehow dangerous to everybody else you know we are dangerous to that great american family um and it, it is because of people like that and the people who who refuse to see us as people who deserve the same rights that they do, that, as people who deserve just equality, man. Just equality. We're not even asking for anything other than equality. We're not asking for anything more than that. Um, but that somehow is is just dangerous to them. That's something dangerous. We're perverting people's minds. We're perverting the minds of children. That's what breeds this. That's what breeds this kind of violence is talk like that and
1: and, it, and it's, it's it's taking care of these it's it's canceling out these places that we love so much that we do go to connect with people I know as a as a young gay boy um, when I first started to accept my sexuality one of the first things I did was go to a gay bar in New York City and and I, I met people like me and I uh, met people who uh, i still consider to this day to be friends and that's something i did as somebody who felt very isolated Mm -hmm. and didn't know any uh, uh didn't know any gay people that um at least i didn't feel who i identified with or comfortable doing uh comfortable being around and uh now uh, you, you see that you see it in a lot more places I'm thinking even of uh, of you know where I went to high school you know uh, there's only one gay bar that I know over there you know it's also like a college campus and I'm, I'm actually also thinking of the uh, University of Alabama and that one gay bar that they have and I'm thinking of all these gay bars that yeah. are now
0: thinking what am I gonna do to make sure that my patrons are safe uh, there's it doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon right but we, are thinking so much about the, the victims from all of this and not just those who lost their lives, but everybody who was there that night and everybody who was involved and everybody who will have to deal with the, the effects of all of this, the aftermath. Yes. So our hearts are with you. And, uh, I don't know, man. Okay. Well, we thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of coffee and tequila. Um, and we will leave it, leave you with that. Have a, a great rest of your week. And, uh, Be safe. Be safe.